You know, I got really, really challenged with this just this weekend. Um, I knew I was doing devotion this morning. And God just wasn't speaking to me. Or if he was, I wouldn't listen. You know, it's, I had a thousand thoughts the week before of devotions and, and messages and, and what God does and what God will do. And, and then it came time for me to really get this together and nothing. Just quiet. Friday night. Saturday night. Well, I started thinking, Lord, okay, I, I, I need something. So I start stressing. And with issues I've had, I was sitting up in the bed at 3 o'clock this morning stressing. And then the Lord hit me. He said, he had to teach me fear to bring out my faith. You know, he had to give me some fear so I could have some faith in him. You know, a lot of times we don't go to him until we have that fear in us. When we get scared, that's when we want to go to God. You know, and I thought about how that applies to Mother's Day, and it applies greatly to Mother's Day. Because a mom is scared to death for her children. They'll check them when they're babies, make sure they're breathing. Every time they whimper, they run to their side. And then they don't quit there. They go to school. Are the other kids going to like him or her? Are they going to fit in? Are they going to behave? They're scared. And then when they get married and go away, they're scared again. How are they going to make it in life? Are they going to have a good job? Are they going to be able to take care of their wife, their family? Will their kids be healthy? Will their wife be healthy? Will their husbands be healthy? You know, and it slowly, God slowly turns that fear they have into faith. And He teaches them slowly along the way. You know, in the book of Daniel, chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Now, these were uh, three guys that fear wasn't a factor, was it? They had done been shown through their life that they didn't have to have fear anymore because they had a, an almighty God. You know, even as they took them and threw them into this fire, Nebuchadnezzar looks in later on. He goes, did we not throw three in the furnace? And then they said, but now there's a fourth and likened into the Son of Man. So when you turn your fears into faith, God's not only going to show up and help you, God's going to jump in the fire with you. He's going to walk with you through it. He's going to see you through it. And He's going to do great things in your life. But it's not until we understand that He is the one and only God that He can do this for us. If we're serving our televisions, our radios, if we're serving our kids, our parents, if we're serving family, friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever it might be, sports, if we're serving those things, then He's not our only God. If we do more of those things than we do of this, then He's not our only God. Until we make Him our one and only is the only way He can turn your fear into faith. One more, one more scripture here. Uh, I'm going to read in 1 Samuel 17, 45 and 46. Then David said to the Philistine, 
You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give you the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. You know, the devil's going to come at you with a lot of stuff. He's going to come at you with all of his might, all of his weapons, all of his strength. He's going to come at you with all of these things. But until we turn our faith, our fear into faith, God can't deliver us from our giants. We all have giants in life. Every one of us in this room have giants in front of us that are stopping us from getting to where we need to be in life. You know, it, it, it could be a wide range of things, but we all have them. But this morning I challenge you, and as Brother Mark preaches the message this morning, whatever it is in your life that's keeping you from turning your fear into your faith, you need to remove those things. You don't need them. Anything that hinders you from serving God and from having 100% faith in Him to deliver you from anything, it's time to remove that from your life. All the time, that's right. Um, hey, buddy. How you doing? Good. I'm Rhino. Rhino. That's my grandson. Everybody should know that. But I'm Rhino from, from Spidey and Friends. I'm good. He's a bad guy on the cartoon. But I am the good Rhino. We are friends, right? Right. Yeah. And he will tell you quick when you ask him his name. It's not Tanner. It's not Tanner Wayne Carroll. It's Peter Parker. He introduced himself to a little boy yesterday at the Strawberry Festival. Yeah, Peter Parker. And the little boy asked his name, and he said, Peter Parker. I said, what did he tell you his name was? He said, Peter Parker. I said, his name's Tanner. But I don't want to be Peter Parker. That's, that's great. Let his imagination run wild, whatever. That's fine. Well, it's good to see everybody this morning. Everybody being here this morning and... Glad y'all decided to come and, and join in our, our service this morning. I hope already that you've been blessed. I know I have by the worship. You know, if you weren't blessed by worship and singing praises to God, then you need to check yourself because we're not here for number one me. We're here for number one God, right? And we're called to sing forth back to Him and praise Him and honor Him and worship Him. So, so if you're here for that, then you got blessed this morning. Amen. Amen. I want to welcome everybody on our Facebook um, feed, our uh, online service. Don't forget sermon.net. We got that going, and that's been flawless so far. And so we pray for it every week that it stays that way. And it's just continuing getting the word out. You know, I can look, and I could get discouraged if I wanted to, but I'm not going to, because I can look on there and see how many people have watched it. If I see zero, do I turn it off? No, I keep going. Why? Because eventually people will start watching. People and not not for me. I've said this the whole time. It's not for me, but it's getting it's the opportunity to get the word of God out as He's called us to do. So we'll use those avenues. Strawberries, the chocolate covered strawberries. I want to thank all you ladies that work Friday night. I heard y'all were here late. 
Friday night. Yeah. They made, Jeannie, I, you told me Wednesday how much extra we made um, off the strawberries. Do you remember? Amen. I mean, just off chocolate-covered strawberries. And if you didn't get any, you missed out because they were really good. I've ate a few already myself. Bo, you can have some. It ain't going to hurt you. Okay. These are chocolate-covered. All right. So, I know Mama, I heard she was going out selling to, uh, to just uh, customers at the coffee shop the other day. So, there's people here from all over. So, I mean, that's good. She, she got out and sold. And, and so, we, you know, if these youth, the youth in, that's going to the art don't have a good time, it ain't for a lack of funds. I promise that. It's their own... It's their own accord, and they didn't want to have a good time. So, so we just thank God for blessing. Thank you for working. I mean, because, you know, God will bless, but we've got to do some stuff ourselves. We can't just sit down and not do anything. So God's going to bless when we put forth the effort that He's told us to do, and we're putting forth the effort. And, and so God is blessed. Amen. Amen. So thank you all for that. Also with the youth troop, youth group, rewind that and back up. Clay, you ain't got to record this, so I get that out. Um, so with the youth group trip that's coming up, don't forget, we need, we said this last Sunday and Wednesday, we got to make sure we have a certain number. Do, you, do we know that number for sure now? No. So, see this guy over here in this beige jacket? If you're here this morning and you're going on that youth trip, tell him your number after church. Since he's over this, and he can tell me and I can buy the tickets. So... So we'll do it that way. Y'all good with that? Anybody got any questions? All right. See you before you leave today. Um, so again, happy Mother's Day. We thank all you mothers. I can one-up my brother and sister today because I'm sure they're on Facebook typing something out to their mom, to, my, to our mom. Not theirs, but ours. One and the same. But I can say it, and it goes out online. And so it'll always be there, so I can one-up them today. I'm glad of that. So happy Mother's Day, Mama. I love you. Thank you for all you do, what you, you are, and how, how gracious and loving you have been, and godly woman example. I appreciate it. And to my wife, I can, I can say this to her. Thank you, sweetie. I love you. Thank you for being the mother of our children. You're wonderful. We thank you. I thank you. Amen. And all you other mothers, you just, you're wonderful. Wonderful. If you don't get anything like you thought you should get for Mother's Day, I mean, just know that God loves you. Your husband and children should love you. And you children that's in here, you need to show your mother extra love and affection and care today. Not her serving you, but you serving her. Try that. So we do have a little gift for, for all the mothers. So if you mothers, I'm going to put you on the spot. Would stand up for a minute? Mothers, stand up. Kathleen's in the nursery, but I'll make sure she get one. Arianna is going to read the card. That is on there. You gonna read this, Ariana? Will you turn a mic on for her? Uh, so this this card this this little bag's got a card that goes along with it. And uh, Gabby, she was she looked this stuff up and picked this stuff out, and uh, she done a wonderful job with it. And I thank her for that. I do. So go ahead, Ariana. Okie dokie. I'm gonna let y'all get y'all stuff real quick.
Y'all can go ahead and open it too. It says, uh, at first glance, it's easy to look at a towel as an ordinary object. Have you ever stopped to think that for thousands of years, the towel has been used for many different purposes? For example, the mother who wipes the tears of a child, the physician who binds the wounds of a patient, or the woman in her home wiping her hands as she moves from task to task. Perhaps the most significant use of the towel happened nearly 2,000 years ago when our Savior, only hours before he hung on the cross, took an ordinary towel in his loving hands and dried the feet of his disciples. This simple loving act personifies the selflessness and loving service we seek to give during our lives. It illustrates that an ordinary thing like a towel in the right hands can bless and comfort. May absorbing love blot away your problems, soak up your sorrows, and wipe away any difficulties as you perform your own acts of service. Thank you all, you mothers. Yeah. Thank you, Ariana. Amen. Hope you all are blessed by that today. And mothers serve more than we give them credit for, for sure. You know, we, we take them for granted a lot of times for what they do and how much they work, how much they do. Um, so, so we just, again, thank you for that. Thank you for all that. Amen. So let's, let's uh, receive our offering just now. Amen. As they're getting everything together, a couple of announcements is in your bulletin. Don't forget, next Sunday evening over at the high school auditorium here in Faultful, um, they'll be having a, a youth night or a, a community worship service. Um, several people will be there, undivided worship, um, um, a group. I think, I think they go to uh, Journey Church, most of them now, but they'll be there playing and singing also, and then a speaker, Sean Demers. And so this is all free, and um, so let's... Let's get together and support our community and support the things that are going on. Um, And then I don't know of another announcement that's on there. Right off. I think that's it. I think that's all we got going on right at the moment. I think we've kind of calmed down for just a minute. We've had a busy month for sure, a busy couple months. So, But amen. Amen. So let's pray and then we'll receive our offering. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. And we just thank you for this wonderful time we've already had. God, that your presence is is just real and thick in this place. And and we thank you for that, God, that you move on the people and their hearts and lives today, Father. God, as the word comes forth, that it's it's received, Father, and we can take and and grow. And, and Father, just go proclaim your word even more out into the streets as as you've told us to over and over. Father, we just thank you for that. God, we pray, again, a special blessing on all the mothers here. God, that you just touch and, and you just give them... God, just happiness and peace today, Father, and and just a wonderful day with their families, and we thank you for that. God, we bring our tithes and offerings to you. We ask you to bless each one that gives, each one that, God, that just puts forth, Father. We just thank you for it. God, that you just bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all come ahead.
now. We're good now? I think we're good now. That was, that was Mama's, that song was, by Ann Wilson. So she's the one that sings two or three songs that we, one song that um, we sung during Praise and Works, we sung it. So that was called Mama's. If you hadn't heard it, look it up. It's a really good song. We played it before church, if you wasn't here. So, but um, children can go to children's church this morning. And everybody else can go ahead and open the Bible to the book of First John. First John this morning. I want to thank uh, Brad for doing devotion this morning. Brother, I fully understand what you were going through. Last week I stood up here and I read what was in the bulletin about, you know, managing or uh, eliminating. And I'd had it in my mind last week and this week, and it seemed like things, that's the way God was going to lead. And, and um, you, know, you know, I thought, I thought that that was, you know, going to talk about that and preach on that and, and start a series on managing, eliminating things out of our life. I had, you know, it's springtime, so people are planting stuff and f- gardens and flower beds and different things. And, you know, I was going to get to correlate that with pulling weeds up out and, you know, just be all kind of clicheish with it. And come toward the end of the week, you know, I would, I would read something and, you know, then go to my notes and try to type some stuff in. And I would hit delete. I'm like, that just don't sound right. And everything felt, it felt empty. And not that God wasn't saying stuff the week before, but, you know, I could have put more of myself into it, into what I wanted to say than what God wanted to say. That I've said from the start that, that I'm not going to do anything of Mark Carroll. And, and so come even Friday night and yesterday, I'm riding down the road and I'm, you know, of course, it's a little different now than trying to get a sermon ready every week. I'm not trying, but believing God and trusting Him to get a sermon ready every week is different than every two or three months. So, you know, it's, and I'm riding down the road and I say, God, what? What am I supposed to say? And this is not a Saturday night message that I'm preaching today, I promise. It's not that. It's just nothing, nothing was, was there that I thought would be there. And, and so I was... Like you, I was getting nervous. Now, I wasn't up at 3 a.m., but I've been there, you know. But, you know, still, I'm like, i got to bring the Word tomorrow. People are looking at me to bring the Word of God and preach the Word of God. So i got to preach the Word of God. And, and so, you know, going through that, and, you know, I got, I got to where I could be alone and have some good alone time with God. If you ever just get good, sweet, alone time with God, mm, mm, it's good stuff. There's nothing sweeter than just being in His presence. And it wasn't because I was here or I was sitting in the altar back there, but it's because I determined that I was going to not leave this place or leave that place until God told me what He wanted me to say. And so that's that's what I've done. And, and God, God worked and moved and, you know, He kept leading me back to, uh, to this book of 1 John. And, you know, of course, we look at 1 John chapter 2 and, you know, we, you know, the first thing we think of or, you know, one of the main verses that we know there is chapter 2 and verse 16. You know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You know, all that. And, and we'll get there and this, you know, from what I feel right now that God's leading, we're going to go through the book of 1 John. 
And it may lead into Second John and Third John. I, I, I don't know where God's leading exactly yet. I just know where we're starting at today. And it's going to be in First John chapter 1. And so, you know, I've read this numerous times, this, this first chapter. But as if, we, if you truly read the Word of God and not just skim through it, how many has just done a devotion in the mornings and kind of just skim through the devotion? You didn't really get anything out of it. I'm raising my hand because I have. You know, if we don't watch it, you know, those devotions are good, but we'll try to get through them so we can get on to something else and not really, um, not really grab hold of what's in those devotions. And, and so, you know, if we sit down and actually read the Word of God, and we'll, we'll understand why it's called the living Word of God, why that... Jesus and God come alive. The Spirit comes alive through these words that we read. When we let it come alive through the words that we read and not just thinking we're reading another novel or something. We're reading the Word of God and God-inspired Word. Every word in here was inspired by God Himself. Nothing by man. Man wrote it down, but God inspired it. And so, we're going to take as long as we have to take through this. But we'll we'll get to reading this in just a few minutes. You know, John, this book was not John the Baptist. We all know that, right? We really understand. When you think of John, most people think of John the Baptist. But this was the apostle, the disciple John, who thought a little much of himself because even in his own gospel, he wrote the, the one whom Christ loved. You know, so he put himself, he was trying to put himself up there a little better than everybody else. So he's a little arrogant, I think. But, you know, he, he wrote good stuff. Nothing wrong with that. But here he's writing to a group of people. From what I can find out, he's writing to a a group of people because where he was teaching at, you know, in Asia Minor, Ephesus, wherever he was at teaching. And and it could have been a church group just like this. But if we read these first few verses, as you read, you're going to see that most of these people, from the way he wrote it, seemed to be alive while Jesus walked this earth. It wasn't like it was hundreds of years after because John couldn't have lived that old. So this was not long after Jesus had passed. And, And so he's writing to encourage them. And that's what I hope we get from this today, that you get encouraged today. That these things that we're going through, we know are temporary. These things in our life that are, that are problems and trials and circumstances are all temporary. Because through the grace of God and through the strength of God, we're going to overcome those things and we're going to come out of them. And, and so I titled this this morning, That Your Joy Be Full. Full of joy. Full joy. And, and so that's where I want our lives to be. That's where we need to be in our life is full of joy, full of these things in our life. And so because it's easy to get discouraged, as Daddy talked about this morning. You know, he had a pity party. He was getting discouraged, and Satan took it as at that point to come in and beat him up. And, you know, I know in my own life when those things happen, I I'm, I'm tend to be harder on myself than I should be a lot of times because I know what I'm doing wrong. I know the things that I need to correct, but then I don't correct them. And, and then, then that voice comes in and says, well, you're going to ask forgiveness again just like you did last time. Expect God to do the same thing. Well, I am, and He does, because as we're going to read in a few minutes, He is faithful to forgive us of our sins when we ask for those things. And, and so, but the, you know, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness or wrongdoing. 
But it does not give us an open door to keep sinning. We've talked about this a lot. Just because the grace of God is prevalent and evident in our life, it is not an open door for us to keep doing the same thing and the same thing and the same thing. It's for us when we ask forgiveness to turn and go the opposite direction from. And to close that door and not go back through it. Even though it's tempting to go and open that door because we've said this a lot, sin is fun. Sin and, 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 and you know, playing with that area in our life is fun because we think we can get away with it. We can for a season, but only a season. It's going to catch up with us. And so, you know, what did Jesus tell the woman that he caught committing adultery? Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Sure, he forgave her of her sins, but then commanded her, go and don't do this again. Not just that, anything else. Go and sin no more. So we can, we can rise up in the power that God's given us and go and sin no more as He told her to do. But when we do, and God knows that we're going to, His grace and mercy are there to forgive us of those things and cleanse us. But we need, we need to uh, make sure that we remind the devil every day that he's a liar. He's a liar. And the father of lies. In John, the book of John chapter 8, you can turn there if you want to. We'll get back to 1 John in a minute. The book of John chapter 8 and verse 37. Jesus is talking to a group of people. And a group of Jews at that. And so, we'll start in verse 37. He says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. So, Jesus was telling them, prophesying to them, that the Jews who did killed Jesus, right? And was telling them about it. He said, I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said of them, Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But you seek to kill me. Again, he's, he's prophesying about his death. You seek to kill me. A man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God, Abraham did not do this. He said, your deeds are of your father. Then they said to him, we, have, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. They just said two verses before that their father was Abraham. So now they're going to be more spiritual and make Jesus say, no, hang on, our father's God. That's who we serve. And so, but Jesus saw right through the religious act. They're, you know, they're putting on the fake act of, of everything that's going on. And so he said to them, if you were born Abraham, let's see, you would do the works of Abraham. Let me go down to verse 42 where we was at. I went back up. Jesus said to them, if you were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come from myself, but he sent me. Jesus said, I didn't come from my own glory. I didn't come for my own gratification. I didn't come down here to do all this just because, you know, it's something we did on a whim. He said, no, God told me to come down here. And he said, I'm, I'm of God. I was with God from the beginning. And so I've come here to do what he's told me to do. And, and so he didn't come for his own glory, his own fame. He came for us. He says also, he said, I came to seek and save those who were lost. Seek and save those who were lost. If you're here and you're lost today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, today He came to seek and save you, just like He did over 2,000 years ago. He's still the same God seeking and saving those who are lost. And, and so he didn't, he didn't say He came to, as we try to do it in our modern day thinking, you know, 
we don't go to church because something's come up today or, or this come up or we'll say, well, I'll ask God to forgive me in a little while. You know, I'll, I'll come to Jesus once I stop this in my life. I'll, I'll, I'll make my life right with Him once I stop this. You know, because I don't think that I can come to God right now because, you know, I've done all this wrong. Well, the good thing about God, about Jesus coming, He didn't say, I'm going to wait until you clean your act up for you to come to Me. He said, you can come to Me now and I'll clean you up. I'll straighten you up. I'll straighten you out. And you let Me do the work in you. Then, then people will know it's of Me and not of your work alone. And, and so that's what He was telling them. I, I didn't come here for my own glory. I come from God. He says, why don't you understand My speech? Because you are not able to listen to My Word. You are of your father, the devil. That would be hard to hear. Jesus telling you your father is the devil. If you're, fact of the matter is, the ones that are not saved, that have not made Jesus Lord of their life, their father is not God. I'm sorry. Their father is, 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 is of the devil. They're, they're still of the devil because they have not made Jesus Lord of their life. As hard as it may be, you know, and people don't want to talk about those things in this day and age because it'll hurt somebody's feelings. But that's a, that's a matter of fact. If, if you're not, if Jesus is not Lord of your life, your Father is not God. He's a devil. And that's why, you know, I pray that you change that today if that's you in here. He said, and the desires of your fathers you want to do, he is a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him, none whatsoever. When he speaks, when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of them. He's a liar. So anything that comes into your mind that is contrary to this Word of God is a lie of the devil. Anytime a thought comes that says you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough, you're not holy enough, you can't never get to that place, you look at somebody else and you think, well, they must have it all together and I can't get there. I promise you that person doesn't have it all together. I promise you that they went through trials and circumstances to get where they are and they still are every day. So if you're going through those, and, and you get those thoughts that you, you can't never get to that place again. You've went so far away from God that you can never get back to where you was before. It's a lie of the devil. Don't buy into the lies. Don't buy into the lies. Amen. Amen. So we're going go, to go to First John chapter 1. Get into our text this morning. I think that's my water. And I hope the other one, if it's not, it's my daughter's. I don't know. I saw it up here, and I said, well, I'll set it on that side. And then when I looked down, I don't remember which side I set it on. So, <laughs> my, mine's over here. So I've been drinking. <sighs> it don't matter now. <laughs> At least it's my daughter's, I think. So, anyway, 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. All this is talking about Jesus. So, John was there with Jesus, watched him live, watched him die, watched him raise again, right? So, obviously, these people that he's writing this to was around that time also because they had seen that too. The life was manifested and we, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and manifested to us. 
That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you may also, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly your fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. Your joy may be full. And we're going to read in a few minutes how your joy can be full. But there's some things we're going to have to change in our life for our joy to be full where it needs to be. And, and so we all know, and we've talked about it here before, that joy and happy are two different things. Joy is not an emotion. Joy, I don't wake up and, and just, you know, I say, how are you today? Well, I'm, I'm joyful. Most people say I'm happy, right? I'm sad. sad, happy, angry, all those are emotions that we feel. And we can have joy while we're sad. We can have joy while we're have joy while we're going through things in our life. If you, if you base your life and your Christian walk with God, your spiritual walk with God, on how you feel every day, whether you're happy or sad or mad, or how your wife does, or how your husband does, or how your children do, or how work does, then you're going to live a miserable life. It's just fact of the matter. Because most of us are not happy or joyful most of the time when we get up 4, 4.30 in the morning and go to work, are we? We're not just jumping for joy every morning. Sure, we may like our job, but we would. there's other stuff we would rather do. We would rather be where Daddy's at in his life. Joyful to get up and go fishing in the morning. So now I do anything else. Just joyful. That would be joyful. Most of us would say that. But, so we cannot, we, wow, joy and, and happiness, we can correlate together they're not the same thing you know i don't love my wife because just when she makes me happy and she don't love me just when i make her happy if we did then there wouldn't be a lot of love there wouldn't there no she makes me happy all the time i won't make her happy all the time but she makes me happy all the time and so the same within your marriage if you if you just if you just loved your spouse just when they made you happy or done something for you, that's not true love. That is a world-made love that is not going to last. Jesus didn't love us just because we just come to Him. He said He loved us while we were yet sinners. He died for us, right? So He loves us no matter what. And we've got to love others that same way. And when we learn to do that, we'll have fellowship one with another, as John said, and we can have true joy in our lives can be full of joy and, and, and serve God with gladness, just as He's told us to. And so, while they're not the same thing, we don't need to think of them at the same thing. In 1 Peter chapter 1, in verse 6, this is out of the Amplified Bible, it said, You should be exceedingly glad on this account, Though now for a little while you may be distressed by trials and suffer temptations. That's us every day, right? Trials and temptations every day. Trials and temptations. We suffer. We're going to suffer through them. Go to the next verse. There you go. So that the genuineness of your faith may be tested. Your faith, which is infinitely more precious than the perishable gold, which is tested and purified by fire. This proving of your faith is intended to redound you, your praise and your glory and honor with Jesus Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One is revealed. Without having seen Him, you love Him. How many in here has seen Jesus? 
Nobody. Nobody raised their hand. So you cannot say you love Jesus because you've seen Him. Thomas loved Him and believed after He had raised from the dead. He had seen, right? And Jesus said, More blessed are those that, that believe on Me that do not see. So, without having seen Him, you love Him. And, and we can go on and say why. Because we know He loved us first. That's why we love Him. It's easy to love Him because He loved us first. Though you do not even see Him now, now see Him, you believe in Him and extol and thrill with inexpressible and glorious, triumphant, heavenly joy. Heavenly joy. Heavenly joy. That's what we had. At the same time, you receive the result, outcome, and consummation of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So we have joy through Jesus because of Jesus, right? We have joy through Him because of Him. That's the only way we're going to have joy. And, and so... The only true, and Jesus is the only true place that joy can come from. The only place in our life. Happiness can come from buying things and, and getting things in our life and, you know, different places be happy, mothers be happy and, you know, when they have children until their children get toddler age and teenagers and then you're like, why did I have children? And, and so, but they can be, they're still happy, they're still joyful even though their children do not act the way they want them to act but they can still have joy through those times. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. Turn over there real quick. I know it's up on the screen, but I hate turning and looking. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The God of hope, our God, hope, fill you with joy and peace. Joy and peace. Joy and peace comes from God alone. True joy and peace. We can stand in the face of any trial and circumstance because we're full of joy and peace in our life. Whether it may seem grim or, or, or dire circumstances or whatever, we can stand with full joy and peace because the God, our God, has put that inside of us. We just got to believe and trust in Him. Just like Brad said this morning, we got to put our faith over our fear. We got to put God above everything else. Everything else in our life. And, and we'll be able to stand. So read on. Let's go back to 1 John chapter 1. We're reading verse 5. You know, with these lights, y'all see shadows around every light, right? We stand outside, you're always going to have a shadow if the sun's shining. Some direction, right? You're going to have shadow. God is the main source of light. Without God, we would not have known what light was. He told us in Genesis 1 that He created light. He said, I say light and you're light. So now we know that there's light. I don't know what we'd have thought if He had called it something else. I don't know. But that's what He called it, so that's what we realize it as. But without Him, we would not have known what light was. Because he's all light. He's all, he's, he's all powerful. And so in verse 5 it says, This message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. So this goes back to verse 4. We, 5 through 10, when we read them and do them, we're going to be full of joy and know how to be full of joy. So he starts out by saying, The God that we serve is light. And in him there's no darkness at all. James says there's no, there's no shadow of turning. So just because God's turned does not cast a shadow over there. You know, just as the sun and the moon and the earth 
We don't get dark and day and night when God turns His back or does something. There's no shadow in turning. There's nothing about God that's any kind of darkness. There's no dark corner. There's no dark places. There's no dark crevices. Everything about God is light. Everything about it. So everything about God is, is plainly revealed and we can see when, when, the, when God shines through us and shines in us, there's going to be things that we'll see that we know we need to get rid of and get out of our life because there's some dark places that don't need to be there anymore. And God's light's trying to push through. He's trying to make His way through and, and get through our life. And so we can see and reveal that we need to remove those things out of our life and live a different way than what we're doing. He said, if we say we have fellowship with Him, we walk and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So here he gets real with these group of people. He said, I'm going to encourage you and your joy is going to be full, but there's some things you're going to have to work on. If we say that we love God and walk in darkness, we lie. So who is the father of lies? We've read that, Satan. Satan's the father of lies. If we want our joy to be full, we've got to stop lying. And most of the time we lie to ourselves. We start with us. Because we say these things, and it's easy. You know, I can stand up here and preach this because it's in the Word of God. Preaching and doing, and you listening and doing, is two different things. We've got to put some action into what we hear. We've got to put some action into what we read. And so, if we're lying to ourselves, telling ourselves every day that everything's alright, then we're in darkness, and we're not, we're not walking in light. We're lying. We're lying to ourselves. There's things in each and every one of our lives, whether we want to admit it or not, that we need to get rid of and bring to the light of God and let Him remove those things out of our life. And, and so if you say in here this morning that I have nothing wrong with me, that there's nothing I need to replace or move out of my life, whatever it is, small, great, whatever, that's standing in the way of you and God, then you're lying to yourself and you're lying to everyone else around you. And it'll catch up with you. You know, because Jesus, He says that, you know, we cannot serve two masters, right? He says you, can, you cannot serve God and man. Or replace mammon, is what it says in John. He says replace mammon with anything else. God and spouse, God and children. We don't serve our children, do we? Over God. Uh, God and work, none of us do that. None of us work so much that we just put that above God and, and nothing, you know, everything else. Anything that we put above God is we're serving it instead of God. Anything. And that doesn't mean we can move it down to the point to where it's beside God. That don't work either. God's got to be here. And if God's not first and everything else in line, then we're going to be out of order. And I'm not telling you this morning that if you're saved, if you know that Jesus is Lord of your life, and that you know, you've got some areas, well, I guess I'm not saved. I guess I'm walking in darkness and, you know, I don't love God. I'm not saying that because we, you, you made that commitment to God between you and God. I cannot tell you that you are not saved. That is not for me. That is between you and God. But if there's things in your life and God's prompting you, the Holy Spirit's prompting you and saying, hey, you need to get rid of that. That is an area that is above me and it needs to be below me. Then you need to work on that in your life. That's between you and God. I'm just reading what the Word of God says. So don't, don't kill the messenger. So let's read on. Verse 7. Is that where we're at? Yep. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light. So we walk in God. God is light. 
God is in light. God is all light. So if we walk in the light as He is in the light, He, God, Jesus, we walk in those things, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. So if we do those things, we're cleansed from all of our sins. All of them. And we know God's grace and God's mercy keeps us, when we ask for forgiveness, cleanses us from those things. So he goes on. That's good. That's good stuff. We know we, God cleanses us from our sin. But in verse 8, he comes back and it says, But if we say that we have no sin, here we're getting lying to ourselves, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So he keeps it like he's flip-flopping, going back. No, he wants to let them know, look, you can do this, but you've got to do this. This has got to change out of your life for this to happen. For you to have full joy, this has got to go away, and you've got to walk in these truths. But verse 9, we read this a few minutes ago. There's some of this. If we confess our sins, how do we get forgiveness of our sins? We confess those things. We confess those things to God. If we want help and, and we want to have a, air, a people around us that, that encourage us, that strengthen us, we may need to confess those things to some other people. And I'm not saying we stand up here in church and confess it to the whole church. No, you need a group of people that you can be accountable to, you confess those things to, that are in, in secret and private to where they can pray with you and pray with you and pray for you to help you over the, get over those things and, and stop letting those things control your life. He said, if we, um, if we confess our sins, He is what? Faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Faithful and just. He's going to do what His Word said He would do. Jesus is going to continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness when we ask for those things in our life. Even though when Jesus died on the cross, He, he, he died for our sins, past, present, and future. Those future sins, those ones that I'm involved in now, I've still got to go and ask forgiveness for i still got to go and, and say, God, this needs to be removed to my life. Forgive me for that. Forgive me for saying this. Forgive me for doing that. Forgive me of those things and remove those out of my life. And he said he's faithful and just to forgive us of those things and cleanse us. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Make him a liar. We... We can look at people that we know, and even sometimes their own life. And it looks like they've made a liar out of God because we know where they have once been in their life. We look at those and we're like, they said that they were a Christian. They said that they accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and now look at them. God's not a liar. Satan's the father of lies. God said He's a God that cannot lie. There's no way He can lie. It's not even any. There's no way about it. If he's light and lying is darkness, then there's no way God can lie. We read that. God is all light. And, and so, God is not lying. The people that have turned away from him have turned on their own accord and their own strength and their own life to turn and do what they wanted to do because they've let this darkness back in. Let those things in their life that, that was once not there creep back in because they listened to the father of lies. They listened to him and, and, and said, well, I can justify this because Jesus, God's grace. I can justify this because it's okay in society today. I can justify all these things. All of them. I can justify anything. I can justify going and eating, you know, 5,000 calories a day if I wanted to. I'm going to see the results of it in a little while. 
Instead of 225, I'm going to be 425 here in just a little while. So, you know, we're going to see those things that we put into our life. They're going to eventually come out. So if you want to be full of joy this morning, you first have to let the light of God fully engulf your life. His light, His glory, His power, His peace. And the only way to do that, the only way, is to first make Jesus Lord of your life. If that's, and we said this earlier, if that's if you're not there this morning and you've never done that, then sorry, your father's the devil. Your father's Satan. But if you have, and you know you've got areas in your life that God's not at the top, then there's grace, mercy, and forgiveness for those things this morning. Y'all stand this morning. You know, my prayer has been through reading this that, that nobody leave here this morning without knowing for sure that Jesus is Lord of their life. Nobody. Young, old, alike, whatever. And if you're trying to hold on to things and you know that you need to let go of just because what we said, sin is fun, there's going to become a point in time in your life where sin is not going to be fun. That sin you will have to answer for in one way or another. Those things in our life, if we don't ask forgiveness for them, we will have to come back and answer for them. But God's here this morning. His Spirit's here. The same saving grace that was there over 2,000.